This is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. I'd like to thank our sponsors who make our podcast possible. We take our podcast with the ongoing support of Raider and Jason Sikora, our sound engineer. Raider is a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. Iberia Bank and First Horizon, who are now one bank. Two relationship-driven banks, both leaders in the industry, have officially joined forces. The combination of Iberia Bank and First Horizon creates a leading financial services company dedicated to enriching the lives of their clients, associates, and their communities. I'd also like to thank Lafayette General Health, who has joined the Oshner Health family and is now Oshner Lafayette General. As one health system, Oshner Lafayette General will provide expanded services and enhanced care from the familiar faces you already trust. Oshner Lafayette General means more resources to help solve healthcare's toughest problems, reinvesting in our communities, and being further committed to health and wellness. Oshner Lafayette General, together means more. Learn more today at togethermeansmore.org. Louisiana State Rep. Jean-Paul Cousson is our guest. Jean-Paul, a lifelong Republican, represents District 45, which covers Lafayette Parish. Jean-Paul serves as chair of the Natural Resources and Environment Committee, and he is a member of the Joint Legislative Committee on Capital Outlay and the House Select Leadership Committee. He's a member of the Acadiana Delegation, the Louisiana Republican Legislative Delegation, and the Rural Caucus. A graduate of LSU Law School, Jean-Paul is a partner at the Lafayette real estate law firm of Andrus Boudreau Complete Title. He's also a co-founder of Cougar Construction with a focus on residential construction and rental units in Lafayette. Active in our community, Jean-Paul has been honored as top 20 under 40. He's a graduate of Leadership Lafayette Class 21, served on the Cajun Dome Commission, and the Executive Committee of the Lafayette Chamber of Commerce, among many other organizations. And I think most importantly, Jean-Paul has taken time today on September 1st, 2021, right after Hurricane Ida tore through Louisiana. We have a lot to discuss. Thank you, Jean-Paul, for making time to visit. Uh, well, you're very welcome. Thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah. And I also joined you um, one day after my birthday, which was yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I think Happy we may birthday. Have had, we may have had yesterday on our schedule at some point, but I said, if my, it's yeah. my birthday, I may have to have other priorities. Yeah. May I ask how old you are? Turned 43 yesterday. Well, happy birthday. Well, thank you. It's a great age. It's a great, it's, I'm feeling great. Yeah. And you have a beautiful family. I know you um, were somewhat neighbors. You live in the Bendel area. We live about five minutes away from yeah. one another. <laughs> and it's a great part of town, and there's many great parts of town. And District 45 is a, a great district, I think, for you to represent. I think so. Centrally located in Lafayette Parish, um, really a residential type district. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anybody familiar, Johnston Street kind of goes through the, the corridor, through the middle of the district, and it goes from UL Lafayette on the east, which some of the property is in my district, some of it is not. Cajun oh. Dome and Cajun Field is in the district. The university proper is out of the district. Hmm. But it goes from UL Lafayette 
all the way out to field spanned on the west. So yeah. Acadiana High School um, is in my district, Lafayette mm-hmm. High, two 5A schools, both in my district. And my southern boundary is the Vermilion River, and the northern boundary is Cameron Street on the north side of Lafayette. How many constituents do you serve? Well, 105 reps in the House, and each of us serves about 42,000 mm-hmm. people. That's so a lot. 42,000. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a, you know, it's a, um, it, it is, it's a, it's mm-hmm. interesting to serve that many people. And the district is um, pretty diverse from a standpoint, politically diverse, when we have a lot of the UL students in there, a lot of the UL mm-hmm. administration and faculty, um, all the way out, you know, as, as you go further and further west, um, it seems as if there's, you know, less faculty and more oil and gas service industry type folks. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's a, you know, intellectually diverse community. Right. Do you get calls and you and your staff, do people overall know what the local city council people do versus the state rep versus other government organizations? You know, do you get yeah, people it, that it, aren't it, sure what I, you do? I think my district is um, a little bit, it, it is, it, it's a district that understands the differences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm not getting calls about the, the, NSA, the NSA from the federal side uh-huh. or, you know, from the, from the ditches. I do get some calls about ditches, but that's flooding. because Well, not because flooding, but because some of the ditches are along state roads. You know, um, Johnson Street, Ambassador Caffrey, mm-hmm. you know, Highway 182 is Pinhook. So state roads um, and in running within the city are kind mm-hmm. of a, a unique issue that, that you have to face. Um, but you know, we also have public hospital here, yeah. the university itself, um, that, you know, obviously the university knows that this funding comes from the state. Um, state hospital knows the same thing. Um, Oxner Lafayette General right. um, has the public partner, public-private partnership with the public hospital, university hospitals and clinics. So all those folks know that mm-hmm. that's state money primarily that we're dealing with. Um, so to answer your question, I, I think people do. I mean, we don't get a lot of random mm-hmm. questions that are outside the scope of what we do. Um, and if we do, I, I refer them to Congressman Higgins' office. Right. I refer them to um, uh, Councilwoman Cook, the uh, net, and you know other, my other friends on the council, and, mm-hmm. and even to the uh, mayor president's office. Right. You know, I didn't realize till I got more involved in the community how many state roads we have traversing Lafayette. And a lot of people don't realize that. So it's not just a matter of local funds fixing things. These mm-hmm. are state highways, yet they're probably not being maintained as well as they could just because of all the competing dollars it takes, you know, to, well, like Pinhook. What, what you're going to see here pretty soon, this is going to, and you and I have not discussed this, there's going to be big news about Lafayette wanting to be in control of its own destiny and taking over a lot more miles of state roads. So that's going to be, a, you know, kind of a, a new direction over the next months and even years. Okay. Um, and, you know, Pinhook is going to be affected, Johnson Street, to certain points. I mean, there's going to be literally, you know, from this point, from point A to point B, will be transferred from the state to the city so that the city can manage and control mm-hmm. and, and resurface on its own schedule under its own um you know, restrictions and, and guidelines as opposed to waiting for the state, which is just by its very nature, slower, um, as a slower, kind of right. a bigger beast. So I think that's going to be great. It mm-hmm. really will be. And so you'll see, you know, projects happening quicker and the funding sources, you know, may not be as much from the state if we do that, but there will be opportunities to, you know, do some partnerships with the state on those mm-hmm. roads. And that'll be part of the agreement moving forward. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I feel like we just need to jump in about the hurricane. Uh, there's so much I want to ask you about funding that you've helped get our community and redistricting and all that. But as we sit here, you know, all this money is dedicated to coming into the state because of COVID relief. And yet we have been wiped out. You know, our neighbors have been wiped out. So last year we have Lake Charles that still hasn't gotten federal funds. And yet I know the state's getting in COVID relief, but where are you, like, how do you wrap your head around all the competing interests right now? This has got to be, not not that you're overwhelmed, but what a um, one-two punch, you know, in the gut for so yeah. many of us. Ida was certainly devastating, and we're, we're living that this week. Laura, last year, mm-hmm. um, just devastated Southwest Louisiana, and we, we cannot forget about Lake Charles, Calcasieu, Cameron. Mm-hmm. We cannot forget about those folks. I don't, I don't understand why they haven't gotten relief. I know that's outside of your bailiwick. That's more of a so this is, federal so what issue. I was, what I was going to get to was that from a state legislative standpoint, we do look at it as a team, as mm-hmm. a team. And so, you know, from the standpoint of the reps over there, they are pounding the pavement. I mean, they're knocking on every door that they possibly mm-hmm. can. And you're right. They just run into some big time roadblocks, it's national, national roadblocks. Um, but in the meantime, the locals over there, like my old seatmate, Stephen Dwight, yeah. um, he served with me for five years. Now he got elected as district attorney over there. He's working with, with their sheriff over there, and they're doing everything that they can. And we mm-hmm. did fund McNeese to get back o- up on its feet. We did get money over there from the state capital outlay dollars to, to get some critical infrastructure there. But at the same time, you know, we, we need a from the state standpoint, we need to fund their the bridge, major infrastructure yeah, projects. Right. You know, we can we can help rebuild the city, but if we don't fix the corridor running through the city, mm-hmm. um, and, and then you know they're still going to be hamstrung. So there's a lot of work to be done in Southwest Louisiana, um, and and you know the population you know um, shifts that we're going to talk about with the redistricting that's going to bear out. You know, um, fortunately, we counted the the census before. Laura, so you know they weren't hit that hard over there. Good. So when we do redistricting, I don't think they're going to be hit as hard um, as they could have been mm-hmm. a- after the, if we would have counted after Laura. So hopefully that continues. The, some federal do- dollars coming in there, they don't get penalized for less people being there. Um, but yeah, this hurricane, man, Ida is is this just is unreal. It is um, because the, the of wide the, the water, path. <laughs> lack of water, lack of cell service, lack of electricity, the electricity, the the wind, the water. It was the <sighs> it was the one two punch, and you know the communities that weren't affected by the wind got the water and vice versa. Um, from from Lafitte, which had a major levee breach. Um, to Grand Isle with the devastating winds, and, and now you know the, the water came through all the the, the levees along the beach, um, and and then as you as it followed Highway One, um, the the hurricane really took out swaths of Highway One. I mean the, the mm-hmm. concrete, the asphalt's not there anymore. And then Port um, Fouchon, our Port energy Fouchon, corridor, the energy corridor, it's you know shut down, um, and you know what is that ten to twenty percent of the oil coming into the United At States? Least. Yeah, and so. Um, I traveled down to Homa. It's as bad as as you can imagine. Um, and right now, what what happens initially is they, you know, the the day, the morning after the storm, um, it took a little while for the helicopters to get off the ground just because the visibility was still low. Um, and so I think by 9 a.m. they were able to finally get up in the air. Um, and the the helicopters run, you know, run the roads. They basically tell. Um, the utilities where the where the major trees are and the lines are across the highways so that you can clear the highways. 
Then you get the utility trucks in to try to bring the power back to the hospitals. Um, as everybody knows, Thibodeau um, General had run out of uh, the electricity had gone out. Um, I think Shawbear was out. Oh, I saw that. They were doing the um, ventilators like by hand. That's they exactly were pumping right. the air I mean, by I hand. I can't even imagine what, what, what was going on down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you try to get the electricity back to those critical um, places first, uh, but it's not easy. And Lafayette, uh, I think day one, Monday, they sent 15 utility crews down there. Um, our LUS director sent one of our managers down there mm-hmm. with the 15 crews to be on site with their um, emergency operations command center to get where they needed the people the most. And yeah. you're seeing videos. If you look on Facebook, LUS is actually posting videos of some of the projects they're, they're doing. They're pulling wires out of the water. They're oh, up God. in the highest towers that you can possibly imagine. Yeah. Um, and that's our guys that live in this community doing that. So mm-hmm. we, we have you know something to be proud of, but the work is a ton of work, months, mm-hmm. years of work to be done. Um, but I think with, you know, the, b- back to your question, we have a team in the legislature. The team is, I'm not talking about um, partisan teams. I'm talking about, you know, the, the delegations, the, the people, the folks that are representing the, the New Orleans uh, area, the the Baton Rouge area, Lafayette. Now, in this case, the Bayou, the Bayou region. Those guys are coming together. Mm-hmm. The speaker has asked them to prioritize their needs. Let him know, while at the same time letting their emergency EOC um, folks know, and so that we can get the water where it needs to be, get the generators where it needs to be, and we're not just spinning our wheels. Yeah. You know, uh, pl- playing whack a mole because mm-hmm. um, it's it's so vast that you you really you have to stay organized. Um, and so Representative McGee, Representative Zarang um, are down there. And, and I can't imagine, you know, and then over Representative Miller um, over in Destrehan. Um, it's it's every single person that I've seen whose communities have been hit. Uh, and even down to the locals, uh, Mayor Kerner in, mm-hmm. in Lafitte, um, his dad is a rep, oh. Representative Kerner, who was the former mayor down uh-huh. there. Um, but the mayor, current mayor, I went to UL, just graduated from UL a few years ago. Oh, he's young, yeah. Very young. Um, he went, then went to law school, then worked for a couple of years, I think, I think maybe as a prosecutor, if I'm not mistaken, but but then he got elected mayor. Um, and the, the leadership that he's showing down mm-hmm. there, you know, uh, under a tremendous stress, um, has really been something to, be, you know, to, to mm-hmm. see. Um, so I've been following those local guys over there. Um, and we're just, Lafayette lucked out. And so now this at this time, it's yeah. time to, for us to, to give yeah. back to them because mm-hmm. um, one day the, the, you know, the, the shoe might be yeah. on our foot, on the other foot. It's all about relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. I was driving, I guess it was Monday, and I heard somebody, I had on talk radio, which you told me you like, you probably listen to music or something in your spare time. I so listen <laughs> to a lot of music, actually. I love music. <laughs> Some guy called in a show, late afternoon show, and he says, I saw on the news these... Republicans were going to help them Democrats, <laughs> you know, after Ida hit. And I thought, oh, yeah, you know, well, that's water, not really. Water, water and wind don't care what party no, you're in. No, but I'm glad you brought up the nonpartisan effort because that really is who we are as people. And uh, so anything else about Ida you'd like to bring up or you want to? Um, it's going to be a long haul. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, you know, like I said, Mayor President Guillory. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically has been traveling to the affected areas um, to work directly because some of them don't have cell phone at all. 
and knowing that Lafayette has more resources and that because we didn't have to put them to our own recovery efforts. And we were also a staging area at the Cajun Dome mm-hmm. for utility services from around uh, other states that came in, t- in the state. Um, Guillory has been traveling to EOCs uh, to find out what their needs are. And it's just coincidentally, you know, that, that Highway 90 is a, a yeah. direct shot you mm-hmm. know, down there. Um, and so he's been down there, and that's where a lot that's of good. efforts have been. But as of today, I know that he was also sending some of our resources to the, um, the river parishes down there, with uh, like towards Laplace. Mm-hmm. Laplace got you know demolished. A lot of um, homes were lost. Um, folks getting rescued out of out of attics. Um, and so we're still seeing what the damage is. But there's not get, there, we don't have enough to say about it and yet it's just going to be such a long haul that all we can do is is mobilize and do what you can individually mm-hmm. you know and and um, hopefully um, bring greater resources together Walmart just put up five million dollars oh, wow. um, LSU is playing UCLA this weekend right. the universe UCLA is sending a huge donation directly to LSU to aid in the efforts um, I saw the same thing um, Tulane football team is is using Alabama's University of Alabama's fields mm-hmm. um, you know UL is you know out of state and there's a lot of folks going to travel with them and 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 the, the Texas community is reaching out back this way so um, I think you're going to see a lot of those stories but right now mm-hmm. there's people suffering and without yeah. electricity it's going to be a rough couple of weeks so we need to just hunker down and, yeah. and make sure those guys are taken care of yeah, it's hard to get gas right now, too, for oh, the generators. My brother from Baton Rouge is like, I almost drove some over Monday night, but yet it was hard to find enough for my car. I yep. mean, honestly, we drove around, and Sean Wilson and Gifford Briggs told me to go to Gas Buddy. That's the place to go to look I'm for I'm not going to name names, but there is a certain state rep that ran out of gas already down there, and he thought he, he had plenty, it. and he just kept driving and driving, uh, and before he knew it, he was done, and we had to um, somebody... Drove him some from Lafayette. Yeah, good. It's it's a problem. So, does the Capitol have lights on? Is uh, you know, are they up and running? Do you the Capitol is shut down until Tuesday. Um, I don't know if the electricity's on or if we have generators, but um, I know that some folks were drive, were going to the Capitol um, to to use some of the utility services, phones mm-hmm. and and Wi-Fi to communicate. So I do think there's some backup services, but uh-huh. it's definitely closed down until next week. Right, after Labor Day. So, yeah. Well, before we get into um, other issues, there's a lot I wanted to ask you about. I'd like to pause. We do this during every show, and I look back at a, um, a clip that kind of goes with my guests. So we're going to look back at um, Bo Boyer. Am I saying his last name right? I want to say Bolia, but it's Boyer. And he's now a Louisiana state rep that serves the New, New Iberia community. And he's similar to you, Jean-Paul. He's a hardworking professional. He's a dedicated father and husband, and he really loves his community. He loves New Iberia. You can hear his interview along with many others at discoverlafayette.net. And this portion of our show is brought to you by Kurgan Brothers Sonic, a new sponsor of our show. It's a fun time of year at Sonic. And starting today, September 1st through the end of the year, the Raging Cajun Cheeseburger is back at Acadiana Sonic Restaurants. And I have to say, I haven't had this, but it sounds delicious. It's the 10th year, and it has Tabasco, spicy mayo, pepper jack cheese, Tony Sachery's Creole seasoning, and fried onion tangler. So maybe we can meet and have lunch soon. And I would love to. <laughs> <I know. laughs> thank you. I want to thank Kurgan Brothers for sponsoring us, and please check out your local Acadiana Sonic. Now let's listen to Bo Bollier. What has motivated you to 
honestly change and, and enhance what people can experience in Iberia Parish? A couple of years ago, I was fortunate to be able to meet, uh, if they have a, a TED talk, by a gentleman by the name of Simon Sinek. Um, and uh, one of his big questions that he asks uh, his audiences and, and those that he motivates is wanting to know the why behind what it is you do and, mm-hmm. and who it is you serve. And it's something that, that since I've, I've met Simon that I've, I've, I've you know, racked around my, my mind uh, very often. And I think if you go back to what we do, uh, with CoSource and the, the way we serve um, the, the all walks of life, uh, white collar, blue collar, um, and and what what we do in the community as well, uh, it's it's all about it's all about other people, and it's all about uh, providing that servant leadership in, in all aspects of life, whether it's at CoSource or whether it's um, at Sacred Heart Church, where mm-hmm. I'm very active involved, or the Kiwanis Club, or the Iberia Parish Foundation or even the, the, the Mardi Gras parade stuff that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all about enhancing the lives of those around you. Uh, I think when, when it's your time to, to go meet St. Peter, uh, I don't think St. Peter's gonna say, hey, you know, what is it, how, what have you amassed uh, mm-hmm. that you are bringing to the pearly gates? I think he's gonna be asking, hey, what have you done for your fellow man and woman? What have yeah. you done to help those around you? How have you spread the love of, of the gospel and, 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 uh, and, and help? Welcome back to Discover Lafayette with State Rep Jean-Paul Cousson. So where do we start? Um, you want to look at redistricting? or what, Well, I wanted to you? tell you about Bo Boye first. Okay. On Monday, when we, one of my neighbors and I headed down to Homa the day after the hurricane, and we, we called Bo because we were driving through New Iberia, and I needed ice because we oh. didn't find any ice leaving Lafayette. And Bo said, hey, I'm at... Walmart and I can get plenty of ice and I'm going to jump on the highway right behind you. And I said, great. So pick up some ice. So he, he picked up a few ice chests worth of ice. And we, we, I said, where are you? He said, well, I'm getting on one, I'm getting on 90 right now. And we were about 10 miles ahead of him. And so we left and I, I just assumed that we were going to meet somewhere right before the Thibodeau. He was going to head to Thibodeau. We were going to go to Homa and I figured we would talk. Well, little did I know that the cell service shut out, in, shut down in Morgan City. Oh. And so as soon as we get through Morgan City, there's no cell service. And I said, well, we're going to have to figure out how Bo's going to find us. And so at some point when I got to the first Thibodeau exit, I found a spot on the side of the highway and I pulled way over. And we just <laughs> sat in the back of the highway. <laughs> Back in my truck, up. and I said, "Well, Waving I said I don't know. I said I can't remember what kind of truck he drives, and there was plenty of trucks on the road on Monday morning heading in that direction." I said, "But surely he'll see us, you know, sitting in the back with our ice chest." And fortunately, he, he did, did see us. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we we sat and waited, and uh, we we delivered the ice, and um, that's that's one of those things where you know I didn't realize you know how much of a necessity it was going to be that day. I mean, just that first day where yeah. every stop that we made someone was so thankful for the one bag of ice that they had oh, you know, you know for the for, for to keep their groceries cold for just a few more hours before they were able to figure out where they were going to leave to right. and so um yeah those that, that that but that was how i met up with Bo mm-hmm. on that day y'all are so similar i mean he's just really a people person he's yeah he's so, done very well you know because of that he's he's related well yeah, to um, existing existing members at the legislature mm-hmm. um you know from the house to the senate yeah. this is his first term he just yeah. got elected yeah you have to really make some friendships, huh? I mean, you, you know all 105 of your 
104 of your cohorts. There's 104 other than, you know, other than yourself. And then you also have to think about the senators. You know, there's the 39 senators on and the, the other side. The and staff. The staff are staff. crucial. And then, you know, we have our house staff, which is um, incredibly talented. Um, and so it is a process. It is mm-hmm. a long process to get a single bill passed, much less a package yeah. of bills passed. And so you, the relationships that you make are very important. Mm-hmm. And what we do when we're sitting on the House floor, you know, you have your, your people around you um, that you can communicate with. Who sits on what committee? Mm-hmm. Who do you trust on a particular issue? Who can you talk to? You know, if you haven't had <clears throat> the briefing on this particular bill. Um, and so you go to the people that you trust. And you and so it's when I happen to sit with somebody that I trust um, and and it's Bo Boye. Oh, it is? Oh, so y'all are buddies. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's great to have somebody like Bo who's a, oh, as a yeah. resource. And um, and so that's that's my, come full circle back to Bo. But yeah, relationships are key. Mm-hmm. And some of the relationships that I've made, um, you know, in the house, it's sad when you see people leave, um, you know, with term limits. Um, uh, most people leave before term limits. I mean, before they're there for That's 12 been, years. I it's, know. It's, it's sometimes most people midterm. Think, like yeah. they just are, had it. Huh? It's major turnover. Um, I guess it's because, I guess it's because once you've served a term or two and you realize you, you're a lame duck, you know, people are looking, what, what are they going to do next? What are, you know, if I, if I didn't get the leadership role that I got, wanted in the second or third term, maybe it's not where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, they look for other other opportunities yeah. to serve. Um, a lot of people roll back into local government. Some mm-hmm. people go work for state government. Um, I've seen that, um, but I enjoy serving. I, yeah. You know, I enjoy where you know what I'm doing in the legislature, um, and so. But it is a process, and it relationships matter. Mm-hmm. All the way up to the governor, because the governor ultimately vetoes and can ve- and has veto power oh, yeah. over over bills. And before we get to redistricting, I mean, y'all just had a veto session that did not go as expected on yeah, some legislation. A, some, you know, two pieces of legislation uh, that that really struck a chord across the state. Um, you know, one was the the, the uh, female sports mm-hmm. transgender bill, um, and then the other was a um, the bill regarding your license for concealed carry, right. whether or not you needed to actually have a license for concealed carry. And um, we took the vote on the transgender bill, and we, I think we garnered 68 votes on the floor. You need 70. You need 70. Yeah. Um, there was 67 Republicans, one Democrat that voted in favor of it. Um, so uh, there was only one Republican that did not vote um, for it, for the, for the veto override. And there were just a couple of flip-flops at the end that really caught us by surprise. Um, and so ultimately we knew we didn't have the votes on the for other the bill as well. Bill. Uh, that's yeah. correct. So it was a, it was, you know, uh, historic just to be there because I we know. hadn't been in one of those sessions. Um, but at the same time, you know, it was not successful, um, to override, um, but we live and learn, and the bills will come back, and it's yeah. a process. I mean, that's right. the, that's the bottom line. It's a process, right? And I think, like on that second bill on the carry, you know, I don't want to see us go to Dodge City like back in the day, where everybody could just carry a gun, you know. But on the other hand, I'm also cognizant that I don't have all the facts that brought it to where it was. Like you know, most of us, we trust you guys to kind of get the facts, and before you vote, you understand more than we do. I'll just get like the higher. You know, like I don't get all the details and some of these things I think, how could people vote on that? 
And when you dig deeper, you understand the nuances, right? Well, look, it was, it was so nuanced that you had sheriffs on both sides of the issue. You had district attorneys on both sides mm-hmm. of the issue. Um, and, you know, the gun rights advocates obviously were on one side of the issue. Um, and the bill passed pretty much over both bills passed overwhelmingly in the regular mm-hmm. session with, you know, and I voted for both of them. Um, and I voted to over, override when I had the opportunity to mm-hmm. on the, on the transgender female sports bill. But, um, you know, it's like you said, you, we get a lot of information. You find people on both sides that you would never expect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had, I had, um, you know, major second amendment folks in Lafayette, you know, telling me, Opinions that I would have never never expected on that issue, um, because there's you know there's questions about um, search and seizure and mm-hmm. what is what what does that do for law enforcement on the one side and on the other hand hey you know the the, the people that are not following the law they're going to be carrying weapons with no licenses with no permit, whatsoever yeah. and, and yet you know the, the, you have that issue why, why mm-hmm. should why should we need one um, so yeah there's just look every one of those bills those are the ones that get the attention. We vote on about a thousand bills right. a year that right. have all of those nuances in them, and mm-hmm. you know you uh, you see the session highlights that I send out here in Lafayette. Since you're 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 actually a constituent yes. of mine, mm-hmm. so we give just a glimpse of that, and just this two page summary is still just mm-hmm. a few of the bills that we deal with, and so yeah, it's uh, really interesting as you get down into the issues, the weeds, and what's mm-hmm. important to people across the state and how the state impacts them. Right. Well, this year, y'all are looking at, or I guess this, is it this year for redistricting or is that going to be? Uh, the Actually, well, we had the census results come mm-hmm. out just recently. From 2020, they were released this that's, year in 2021. That's correct, in the last couple of <laughs> months. Mm-hmm. And then what we're going to plan on doing is early in 2022 is we're going to have a special session okay. um, about redistricting. And we're going to be redistricting house seats, state house seats, state senate districts, and congressional districts. Um, and judicial, you said. Also, well, judicial right? could be on the table, um, and that's kind mm-hmm. of up in the air whether or not we're going to start redrawing those, you mm-hmm. know, based upon some uh, the population shifts. But that's always a um, fun challenge, huh? Well, and, this is going to be the, no more Glenn the Kep. biggest challenge for this term, but which we thought before the hurricane came, you know, and now we're dealing with natural disaster mm-hmm. in addition to this this redistricting, but. Um, you know, there's some the major themes in redistricting um, is going to be the population shift from North Louisiana to South Louisiana. North Louisiana, and I'll just use the congressional districts, for example, um, but the two congressional districts lost up there, lost more or the most out of all the congressional districts. Mike Johnson's district lost oh. about 50,000 wow. people in their population. Um Gosh. Yes, it's and and so the um, and the district to uh, his east, um, they lost a tremendous amount as well. And then in the in South Louisiana, including Congressman Higgins, um, everybody gained incrementally. Um, I think the con- New Orleans congressional seat um, that's held by Congressman Carter that just stayed about flat, about mm-hmm. you know where it was. Um, and then uh, we have. Our other con- two congressmen in southeast Louisiana, Garrett Graves, his mm-hmm. district gained, Ridge, yeah. gained, and then Scalise gained. Uh-huh. And so the the big population shift um, from North Louisiana, North Shore gained a ton of people, and Orleans Parish gained a ton of people. And so you know it, it may not be so much that you that the districts 
move? It's just, do they shrink? Do they, how do, how do you mm-hmm. show, how do you reflect that population that's, shift? That's really going to affect that when you're looking at the state legislative seats with those shifts from north to south, they're going to have to have much bigger geographic districts to well, encompass enough people, right? So another one of the big themes is that we saw the rural areas, people, population moving to metropolitan mm-hmm. areas, moving to the cities. So you'll see some of the city districts shrinking and some of the rural districts getting yeah. bigger yeah. in order to cover more people. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're exactly right. I interviewed um, David Joseph. You know him. He um, was a district attorney, excuse me, U.S. attorney. Now he's a um, federal judge. But we were talking about when he was still a U.S. attorney about the shifts, not only in population, but like North Louisiana has really gotten a lot more gangs. And it's just a, a different place than down here. I mean, South Louisiana has been thriving, even with the challenges we have uh, compared to North Louisiana. Yeah, they... Um Julia Letlow yeah. is is a new a new mm-hmm. congresswoman and um, she she'll she lost a ton of people and and it's really just a, a generational shift um, but yeah it's some challenges mm-hmm. you know I mean regardless of how many people they have the challenges remain uh, and Dave, David Joseph and I went to law school together you did? so yeah so he was a year he's or a two great ahead guy. of me he's, he's done a, he's done a, it was a fine U.S. attorney and, mm-hmm. and now he's going to do a fine job on the bench he's tough on crime man. I love listening to him. Really? He, oh, yeah. He's just, you know, he's tough on crime. That's so. awesome. Yeah, but he's no, smart I know as a whip. Well. Yeah. So. But, yeah, so the uh, we are, are we're definitely expecting lawsuits to be filed. Basically, no matter what we do, we expect lawsuits to be filed on the congressional districts. Um, just because, you know, with all the vested interests, mm-hmm. that we're, we're pretty certain that someone is not going to be happy. Um, <clears throat> and... Then with that, you know, we have to follow the state constitution, the federal constitution, the Voting Rights Act. Um, so it, it, this is not something that's going to happen willy nilly. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with 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 the loss Glenn of Glenn Kemp, he was the so expert. Sad. And, well, yeah. and he's the expert. And on and but more importantly, he was the expert on the Senate side. Mm-hmm. And he had gotten, I think, rehired, you know, to be a consultant for the Senate um, in our in our House staff also has folks that have been involved for many, many years doing oh, redistricting. Thank goodness. Um, well, we're very fortunate to have good staff, yeah. no, no, doubt, no doubt about it. So right. it's going to be a challenge, but um, you know, we do have a local rep that represents Acadia Parish, um, John Stefanski as the chairman of that committee. Um, the, 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 any proposal for each one of those redistricting, the, the state house, state senate, and the congressional seat um, will have to be done in the form of a statute, in, in a bill. So the bills have to go through the process, they have mm-hmm. to be voted on, and they can be vetoed. And so, that, you know, that's, again, it's um, it's going to be about the process and, and make sure what, that we get the best outcome that mm-hmm. we have. That doesn't sound like as much fun as bringing home the bacon for our district and our community. Huh? I wanted you to talk about all the, the good projects. Like, there's a lot of capital outlay bills that have helped or capital outlay monies that are helping our region. If you well, want to touch on some of those, and and I think you know you are correct that capital outlay has always been the name of the game, yeah. um, but we've also made a concerted effort on trying to be um, find other streams of revenue, you know, to fund the major deficiencies that we have in infrastructure and in our roads and bridges. Um, a couple of years ago we rededicated some BP money 
towards major projects across the state. For instance, in Lafayette, we got 125 million, and this is cash, this is not a capital outlay, this is 125 million that we're gonna dedicate to the, um, well, it's for I-49 South, but for a shovel-ready project, which in this case is going to be the Ambassador Caffrey overpass at Highway 90. So what you'll see is something somewhat similar, obviously not as complex, but to the um, Broussard, um, mm-hmm. Albertsons Parkway overpass. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have an overpass like that where, where Ambassador meets Highway 90 to bring it to um, interstate standards. And then the same funding is going to start the, the um, surface streets between Albertsons Parkway and Ambassador on the sides. That okay. helps so much. Oh and my it's going gosh. to develop all that property yeah. in between those areas. Right. So that was a huge hit. And each area around the state got $125 million um, to, to put towards what mm-hmm. they thought was their priorities. This year, Representative McGee had a bill um, that made its way through the process. And basically, that bill rededicated $300 million of auto sales tax funding um, that would typically go to the general fund, um, and I believe it, and now it's gonna be shifted 300 million per year um, to the sub fund for construction projects in, uh, in, the tra- to, in order for DOTD to spend that money, in transportation sub fund. So that is important because we haven't had that dedicated funding. It's mm-hmm. not gonna be used on retirement. It's not gonna be used on administrative. Yeah. And, it's, and so it's directly to the mm-hmm. construction projects. Um, it's gonna be a gradual shift to the 300 million. Um, and there's also some triggers in place if we run a, a deficit that we might not take the mm-hmm. full 300 million from the general fund. That was you know, one of the issues, but the governor did sign that bill. Okay. Um, and so that was kind of a question running into that veto session, mm-hmm. um, whether or not he was gonna sign that one. And he signed it. Just, and the reason is, is because it's so important to the people across the state. Um, that money is going to be prioritized towards some of the med- mega projects, including I-49 South, including the Calcasieu Bridge, including the Missi- Mississippi, Mississippi River, River Bridge, Bridge um, and, a, yeah. and a couple other uh, major projects. So look, we hadn't even gotten to the capital outlay. That is, Those are real dollars going to infrastructure mm-hmm. and that $12 billion backlog that you hear about. You know, and, and we also have to work on you know, the project management side of it from DOTD, because even if we had $12 billion cash, you know, you They're just not ready. because yeah. Yeah, just, we, there's engineering to be done. Mm-hmm. There's right of ways. Yeah. I mean, that, you, you know, you've done you've done the real estate stuff like me, where you, you see the work that yeah. goes into a project. It takes years. It takes to get years ready. and years and years. Um, and so we're working on that as well. And, and mm-hmm. um, Sean Wilson has done a heck of a job, you know, trying to get some of these projects mm-hmm. uh, leaded, you know, to where we actually see the the, the actual project and um, the the move, the ground being moved, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, so the, then there's the capital outlay. And the capital outlay, you what know, What does that mean? Like when you say capital outlay, there's a there's in money, the budget. Yeah, there's money and we're laying it out. Mm-hmm. But there's like priority lists, right? Yeah, like priority one, one is the highest priority cash. That means first in line. And then you got others that are well, no, waiting. No, the priority is not about, I don't think it's the, pri- it's not the priority of the project. I think it's priority of where the money is, but uh, you know, and they're supposed to coincide, but uh-huh. priority one means you have cash for it. Priority two, p- possible line of credit. Priority five, you're in okay. the, you know, kind of in a posture to move to one or two. So they move over time, maybe. They move over time, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. So we've gotten, I mean, we've gotten some good projects. Lafayette Parish, 
um, this year, last few years, we've really, really focused on the drainage. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year in particular, um, the Bayou Vermilion Flood Control um, had 29600000 in various priority levels in, in the uh, capital outlay. The, the, the Bayou Vermilion, you know, obviously Vermilion River is our main outlet, but we've the Vermilion River that connects to the swamp by the airport. We got money to remove, um, to do some work around the swamp to make sure that the, the water can get there and stay there if we need it to stay and, and get out if we need it to get out because the, the Vermilion River will basically back up into the swamp and, and basically act as a large, large detention pond. But this, a lot of this money, the flood control, we're, using, we're doing a huge detention pond um, down towards Milton, okay? And that's gonna drop the level of the Vermilion I think they said by almost 12 inches, you know, oh. when utilized correctly. Yeah. Um, and so that's, it's just the-, the So many moving I pieces. Think it's, I think it's, we're, we're basically looking at a generational shift of flood control in Lafayette Parish mm-hmm. with the funding that we're putting toward it, the focus that we're putting towards it from a local, state, and a federal Mm-hmm. Level. I mean, uh, Congressman Higgins has gotten money for the river. The state has put money towards the river, and obviously, um, Mayor President Guillory has focused on yeah. on uh, drainage. And uh, so, with with that team in place, I think I think hopefully we're going to see some real impacts oh, from a so. you know from a engineering perspective, from a flood control perspective, mm-hmm. um, and you know with just putting the people at ease. Yeah. There's also um, funding for the the courthouse, and you were telling me some of this has been here and not utilized yet. But there's some major dollars dedicated to. Well, like I said, some of it may be in uh, priority five, which Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily cash. We need to check to see when we're going to be able to get it to priority one. I know the courthouse has been spending it gradually over the years, again because you can't do it all at one time. Um, And so I look forward to working with those guys to actually get all that money into priority one, get get the courthouse where we need it to be. um, In the event that that's the courthouse that we're going to be using for the next twenty or thirty years, which at this point it looks like it. Hope so. Time Um, flies. Look, and we also. (laughs) You know, UL Lafayette got um, several millions of dollars um, for Madison Hall. There's going to be a new healthcare education facility. Um, There's going to be a new engineering classroom that they're going to be a building that they're going to be constructing. Um, UL has done some um, strategic property acquisition, land swaps. I carried a couple of those bills um, with the city of Lafayette to consolidate kind of their property, their footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as, as these funds become available, you know, uh, we need to put it to the highest, best use. You know, is it is it bricks and mortar? Some cases it is. In other cases, it's going to be to make sure that we have folks that can teach the online classes, make sure we have the technology available to train these kids, even when they can't go to school, you know, right. because of, right. um, you know, natural disasters or because of pandemics. So um, we have to be very nimble, and I think UL Lafayette has done a good job mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Your favorite issues, I'm wondering, you, you became chair of natural resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're an outdoor guy. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a dream come true. To I chair think it's that. the absolute best committee I could be um, a part of. Um, For you. Me personally yeah. and being from Lafayette because mm-hmm. the Natural Resources Committee has jurisdiction over wildlife and fisheries, which is all of our hunting and fishing mm-hmm. issues. It has jurisdiction over um, the CPRA, Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority. Coastal issues are of the utmost importance, mm-hmm. as you can see with this hurricane. We're still going to have to reinvest and, and, and do more things with our coast just for protection. Um, and, and 
for our natural resources on the fisheries. Uh, you know, that's very interesting. The biology side of it is interesting to me. Um, but then most importantly is that we have jurisdiction over the Office of Conservation mm -hmm. and the Department of Environmental Quality. So you've got the oil and gas industry on the one hand, and then you've got the petrochemical industry. Um, and that just means jobs. That's and our so, state. Uh, that's who we are. It's, yeah. it's the majority of our jobs in the state. Um, that that over the last you know 50 years have brought in a tremendous amount of success and wealth and you know to our people I mean not you know not people want to talk about where the money goes but most of these companies now in Lafayette are mom and pop companies I mean we don't have any major oil right. and gas companies left in the right. state of Louisiana um, so when we do things for oil and gas you know, we, we mm -hmm. they try to some of the folks try to demonize you know big oil still, um, and that's just it's, it's just Tom a misnomer. Po Tom Poche, you it's, know, like and they drill in the state. Like he's they don't go outside. They they stay right. pretty local. But so people that's don't why it's very that. interesting and uh, yeah. to hear you know to talk to people in the oil center in uh -huh. my district in Lafayette. Uh, where you know the Office of Conservation actually have regulations that impact them, that um, you know that that maybe help hamper them, or maybe they, it helps them to mm -hmm. get, to get their projects sold on a national level. Because without a strong regulatory environment, um, you don't have the industries that we have, and that particularly goes for petrochemical. I mean, petrochemical wants a strong DEQ. They the petrochemical industry supported a DEQ. Um, fee on themselves mm -hmm. because without that robust DEQ, they can't go back to their shareholders and say that we're doing we're right. being a, a good neighbor um, while at the same time providing value to their shareholders. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a you know it's a, it's a, a give and take on the regulatory side versus the industry side. I had this thought today that you've probably already thought about a lot. That I was walking outside listening about the gasoline problems and all and. You know, I love these electric cars. I really thought about getting one, and I just wasn't quite ready because I thought, I, I just don't know, you know, what if I need to go 350 miles and, like, your friend that ran out of fuel, just battery dies. You're almost there, but you're not, you know. And with all the problems we're having right now, to, you need, you know, we need energy. We need what Louisiana can currently offer and you just can't go overnight to electric and wind. Well, and I can solar, tell you, they're, not, they're you know? not running generators off of wind turbines. No, and you, I mean, you can't get gas right now. And people are in hospitals needing these generators to run. And it goes on and on. But I thought, gosh, as much as I love all this technology, we are the energy, you know, we're the energy corridor. We have been with Port Fouchon. And things have changed so fast overnight in ways that I never really considered. The interdependence that people have on Louisiana, what and, we do. And I know where you're going, but I'm going to go back to the hurricane, and there's no excuse for having a lack of gas right now. When you well, know, it goes uh, yeah, up the chain to Biden. Well, no, but we, we, <laughs> you're not going we, there. we need to go logistically and, and mm -hmm. get figure out how we can get tanks. And there, mm -hmm. uh, the speaker um, had a statement on that yesterday where that's his number one priority is figuring out the logistics on how to mm -hmm. get gasoline into the state. But, but to your point, yeah, it's a, you know, look, they all can grow together. Right, you know, we're, right. We're still going to be dependent upon fossil fuels. 
Um, that's a good thing for our state because we, we have natural resources and we have the workers to extract that and get it to the mm-hmm. market. Um, while at the same time, let's take advantage of the renewables, the um, the new technology that's out there. Mm-hmm. There's batteries that are being developed around the world that last longer and are smaller batteries than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's going to be a very um, you know interesting transition as you start looking at the batteries that we're looking at. But I mean, these batteries, you know, they need different component parts too that we may have to get from areas of the world that aren't as friendly, you know, mm-hmm. as, as they are when you drill in, um, in, in Southwest Louisiana for gas right. and oil. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's another, it's a trade-off, you know, where, where are we getting, where do you, where do you get these battery components from and what, what happens when they turn against us or, or they try to uh, jack up the price on mm-hmm. us um, or we start running short, you know, of those, those minerals. So yeah, that's it's it is interesting to mm-hmm. to read about that and um, you know I think in, in Lafayette look the the oil and gas industry um, might be at the cutting edge of all of those things you know you, uh, from an investment standpoint because they they see the writing on the wall too they're not going to just sit down idly and watch you know their their um, energy production go down at, at mm-hmm. while at the, while the demand is going up they're going to figure out how to satisfy the demand and that yeah. might be in investing in some of these renewables um, so you're going to see that coming out of these you know boards of directors internationally and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know especially some of the the pension funds that are asking them to do that you know we've got to diversify their own portfolio yeah, yeah. a lot of interesting things going on um, did I ask you what you wanted to cover is there anything that we left out? today well when when you know from 2016 through today i don't think we realized that we were going to be facing a worldwide Mm -hmm. pandemic Mm -hmm. that has been at the forefront of state issues um that you know we we that we're going to be facing so many natural disasters um, the the floods the freezes the floods again the hurricanes um and there are so many needs out there and it's been it's been a, a challenge as a, as a legislature, as a, an elected official, mm-hmm. um, but it's been a welcome challenge and, you know, in some cases, very rewarding um, as a whole. You know, not even me personally, but as a, as a whole, as a legislature, institutionally, you know, we've, it's, it's not easy to do wholesale change, um, but we've, we've, you know, I think we've bitten a lot off on some tax reform mm-hmm. that no one else has done in, in history. I talked about the rededication of funding um, to our infrastructure that no one had thought. Sometimes people don't think about these things. I mean, one of these conversations on the BP, it came up from another bill that was similar to it, but just didn't quite get at it. And mm-hmm. they just, the next year, um, one guy talks to another and says, man, I, I think we might be able to do this for infrastructure and mm-hmm. actually get these projects in the bill itself and, and, and get it sold like that and get it across the finish line. And it, it didn't come from the governor. It didn't come from, you know, the, the, at that point, it didn't come from the speaker. It came from mm-hmm. some some original thinking of legislators. Yeah. And, and so that's what's fun to see how people solve problems. And mm-hmm. that's what we're down there for um, is to solve problems. And look, we solve problems in many cases from our own political philosophy. And you're going to see different prob- different methods of solving those problems. And I might come mm-hmm. at it from a conservative point of view. But, you know, some of these regulatory issues and some of these issues don't have a conservative or right. liberal, 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 um, liberal stance. Um, but 
it's just about how to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of problems, and and um, but I think we have a lot of problem solvers too. Good. You've poured so much energy into this. And as I said at the beginning when I introduced you, you've got a lot of irons in the fire, but you seem to maintain your energy and you it's a lot you're of coffee. Off, a lot, a of, lot coffee. of coffee. You're heading off from here to go watch, I guess, football practice. And I know you've got work demands and uh, people calling you. And I just want to thank you for what you do for us. I'm, I'm grateful for your service. Well, thank thank you. you. And I do, I love coaching. Um, I, I'm still coaching my daughter in basketball. Um, <laughs> My son has gotten too old for me to tell him what to do on a football field. So How old is he? <laughs> he's uh, seventh grade. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. So, but my my younger daughters um, are eight, eight and ten. Coachable. Coachable. Still. <laughs> and so that's fun. You know, we, we get out there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I primarily help them with basketball. I don't know anything about soccer um, and football. I love mm-hmm. to coach that. Um, but like I said, I've, I've moved on to kind of third party yeah. coaches for that. Um, well, you could be like Ted Lasso and learn, you know, <laughs> my new favorite show. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, so, yeah, I stay busy. Uh, my office is busy. I do real estate work. Mm-hmm. Um, Lafayette has, has yeah. seen growth back to the redistricting. South Lafayette Parish has gained 20,000 mm-hmm. people. Um, so that might not impact my district in the middle of Lafayette, but it may impact Stuart Bishop's district, which is District 43. That might need to shrink, and some districts around District 43 will probably grow. So, you know, Bo Boye may come into Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Marcus Bryant may come a little bit more into Bo? Lafayette Parish. Bo knows Lafayette. Bo knows Lafayette. Well, he has. Bo knows, <laughs> He's got an office here. Yeah. Well, he and he has. Uh, he already has some precincts in Lafayette Parish. Yeah. Um, and then, so you know, that's that growth is going to be interesting. And um, but the but the point being is that my professional career kind of witnesses firsthand the growth, people moving into town, a lot of technology people moving over mm-hmm. here, a lot of healthcare folks moving into town. Um, and they're and they're good paying jobs. And, uh, you know, obviously they're, the healthcare industry has been overworked now for almost two years, um, but the jobs are here and the, the, the hospitals are going to continue to be a major part of this and the healthcare community, you know, the independents as well. Uh, so it's it's been exciting. That's yeah. why, you know, I have a lot of energy because it just kind of everything around me is just kind of blowing and going and, and mm-hmm. growing. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much. I'm um might have to get you back next year once we get through some of this and see, you know, how things have turned around. So I'm happy to. We're going to need you. So thank you again. And I want to thank our sponsors before we close. First, Iberia Bank, now a part of First Horizon. Oxner Lafayette General. Kurgan Brothers Sonic. And of course, Raider and Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape. Thank you all for your continuing support of our show. And thanks to our listeners for being so loyal. Again, you can go to discoverlafayette.net to get John Paul's interview and over 220 others. Or even better, you can subscribe to our show. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift. 